Fastamai, good evening and welcome to tonight's Island Life special with me, Lewis Foster. Tonight, for the next half an hour, we're going to be hearing the first of a two-part series, speaking with the directors of Isle of Man-based addiction charity Motivate, and I'll be popping down to a smart meeting to hear the stories of the people the charity supports in their journey towards recovery. We talk all things addiction and the stigma and isolation that can come with it, and forming connections through the charity. Later in today's episode, we'll be hearing from Jason, Joe and Chris, three people at different stages in their recovery who are now looking to become peer mentors for the charity itself. But to start, here's Motivate CEO Thea Ozanturk and Motivate fundraiser Nicola Brown. Motivate is a local registered charity. It was first founded in 1978 as a charity that supported people with alcohol problems. So it's existed in the community for a long time now. It's grown over the years. It supports people who are impacted by alcohol, drugs, gambling and gaming. Any age, whether it's somebody else's issue, you know, you're a family member or a significant other. And it has a range of interventions and projects. We have a family service. We have a, a gambling support service. We do education in schools. We go into the prison. We have got arrest referral schemes for people that have come into contact with the criminal justice system. Um, it's a, a huge service, uh, you know, and has been quite under the radar of local charities for many years, but we're hoping that's going to change. And a lot of services, one-to-one, everything going on. So how big is the team of counsellors and everybody else? So we've got a team of 11 counsellors currently and then a small team of support staff, um, of which I am one. We were talking before, really, and we've been chatting for about the last 10 minutes, actually, about uh, all the different things that that Motivate puts on. You've outlined some of them there. Um, And some of the topics we'll touch on that we spoke about with the group was regarding the stigma around addiction as a whole and you mentioned there about flying under the radar so how how is it you're hoping to come come out of the radar come out of the shadows i suppose and um, and be more visible in the alaman community it has been under the radar for many years and we want it now to be more acceptable and easier for people to come forward and to recognise that, that they've got an issue um, and that there are other people who are in the same situation as themselves. Um, so we want people to be able to feel confident to come forward now and we want to break the stigma of addiction. And you were saying addiction can be quite an isolating um, position to be in. So what what mechanisms have you got in place to get people out and about in the community and and who you mentioned something before about what we picture in our mind when we think about somebody with addiction yeah so i think as soon as we say addiction there's a picture that we all get in our heads and um, whatever that be this is not what we see day to day in our service this is you or i addiction isn't a choice it can happen to any one of us So we cover everything from people with very small babies right the way up to the uh, mature population and families and and all all sorts, isn't it? Because uh, and you have a service called Mini Motivate. What what sort of things are you put on through that? Because that's involving the entire family as well and getting so you really quite from a social uh, side of things, quite vital to, to people's everyday lives. 
Absolutely. Through Mini Motivate, of course, the pandemic has seen that um, be shelved a little because we haven't been able to get out and about. So one of the key things we're fundraising for this year is to be able to buy equipment so we can take the children to the beach. So be that buckets and spades or rackets and balls. And that equipment we can use in many years to come. But other things that we do as well is we're looking for small businesses that maybe can't afford to uh, be in a position to give us something financially, but might be able to support us in offering a good good or a service that we can use through our families. So how is Motivate funded then overall? Is there any any government contributions? Is it or mostly private sector? Um, And in terms of fundraising, how exactly is it is it done? When we think of fundraising, we think of fun runs and things like that. But is it slightly less visible? Um, up until now, um, our funding has come partially from the government, so they fund approximately about half of what we need. And um, we get we've got a very good relationship with the gambling industry because of the gambling services that we provide. So we get donations from them, and we have spent a lot of our time over the years applying to various trusts and grant bodies, writing business cases, and we haven't had a very visible fundraising um, position. But now that's changed, um, now that we have Nicola. So what sort of things will we be seeing round and about? Okay, so we're going to raise our profile by going into the likes of the supermarkets to let people know who we are so that they can support us financially, but also to know we're there for help. So it's very much two-pronged. We are looking to raise those funds, but it's also naturally raising awareness for people that may need our support. And you did mention, Thea, about the gambling industry. It's almost impossible, really, to talk about the gambling industry without looking around the island. And we have a large e-gaming sector here. Um, We're hearing across in the UK as well, the NHS deciding that it was going to stop taking funding from the gambling industry. So how exactly does Motivate support because you know you you rely on 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 the industry for for some funding now and again and there's there's pathways through how did you describe it before as taxation but um mm. and i've forgotten the f- the phrase i'm thinking of now but uh, you you support the gambling industry in mm. in um is it preventative measures that kind of thing and well um we we get funds from the gambling industry locally we've got good relations with in- the industry um companies on the island and um, we're not in the position to say that we can't be funded by them because this is the only gambling support service on the island um that we have, we're we are um, a Gamcare trained associate, so we have a relationship with Gamcare in the UK. So we believe that um, if we didn't have that good relationship, um, we wouldn't survive, and the island wouldn't have a service. And I do think that it, it's good to have a dialogue with the industry, to have social responsibility initiatives, and this is what this is. This is a direct relationship with the industry. But if you think about indirect relationships. That we have, um, you know, there are there is duty and taxes on alcohol, on tobacco, and if we didn't have that, then large swathes of our um, infrastructure and the NHS would be in dire straits. So this is a direct relationship with open dialogue about social responsibility. So I think it's important that we keep this going. You mentioned the word stigma, so we'll we'll focus on that. What what do you think in your mind when you when you try to explain? what the stigma is around addiction and um, mm. and how it's in effect, I suppose, on the Isle of Man. 
it's really difficult on a small community. We are a microcosm and everything's very visible. So, you know, if you've got an issue or a problem, um, you can be even more isolated and feel even sort of doubly stigmatised. So it, it's important now that we start to um, make people aware that they're not alone. You know, recovery is about connection, being with other people. As you saw when you came to our service, Lewis, and you met people in recovery, how connected they are with each other. And that's how people get better, you know, not by being alone and being isolated, is meeting others in the same situation. And that's where we're heading with Motivate now. We want to break down those barriers uh, to recovery and, and get people together to connect, to see that, you know, there is um, strength. We have a peer mentoring programme coming on board. Um, we're trying to raise funds for that so that we can employ a whole team of peer mentors and that's people who are in recovery helping others at the beginning of their recovery. And there's lots of evidence, lots of research that says that that is um, the most successful way of helping people overcome addictive behaviours. Back in early March, Thea invited me down to a smart recovery meeting, one of the weekly group sessions where the People Motivate Support can come down and discuss various topics to help on their road to recovery. I met several people, most of whom we'll hear from next week. But in today's programme, I'm speaking to Jason, Joe and Chris, who are on their way to becoming peer mentors. I'll start with you then, Jason. Your journey to where you are now as a peer mentor, training to be a peer mentor and getting involved in Motivate. What is your story, basically, and how, how did you get involved in the first place? Um, I had to leave the island uh, to go to rehab to uh, you know work on myself. Um, on return to the island, I started going to smart recovery meetings. I was offered one-to-one support by Motivate, and um, you know I haven't looked back since. Also, I'd, what's worked well for me and the family um, and my small children has been a mini-Motivate, and that's um, where Motivate have came in and worked with the children, worked on their thoughts and feelings while... I've had to leave the family home to um, get well. And to be a peer mentor now, you'll be speaking and helping other people in recovery as well. So how does it feel now to be in that position? Yeah, it feels great. It feels, um, you know, it makes me feel good that I'll be in a situation to help other people where whatever stage they're at in their recovery. I'll move over to you as well, Joe. Tell me... um, the same questions really um a bit about how you got involved with motivate and uh, your journey to becoming a peer mentor okay so um i've been involved with motivate from um, one-to-one counseling for years and years and years with my my journey with alcohol dependency and um about nine years ago started coming to the smart meetings when they were set up i've been sober for seven over seven years now and i still come every wednesday to the smart meetings it's integral to my recovery and the the, the support and the, the non-judgmental support and welcome that you get at the smart meetings. Just the fact that everybody in the meetings understands, everybody's, we've all been there, everybody understands what you're going through and it's been really, really important to me and really helpful in my recovery. And in your role as a peer mentor, will you be giving some of those back, that, that one-to-one support you were talking about, will you be issuing that as well? That's one of the main reasons that I was interested in doing the peer mentoring is to have somebody in your early recovery who understands what it's like and who's been there and has lived experience of early recovery. That's, that I would imagine for somebody that would be really useful to have somebody who, who understands what it's like and that's why I want to 
be a peer mentor and help help other people. And we're going to come around to this um, as well a bit more talking about stigma as well that surrounds addiction and we're talking like you mentioned there somebody who understands is it is it almost impossible or is that stigma lingering with people who haven't been through it themselves? Unfortunately yes I I do think there is still stigma around addiction. Um, When I first came to the first SMART meeting I came to I was very very nervous and my, my biggest fear was going into the meeting and seeing somebody that I knew there like that then they would know, but they would be there for the same reason. But it was the fact, small island, everybody knows everybody else. And just the stigma of, of being known for having an alcohol problem. Um, I'm very open now about my problems and my recovery and so within my, my friends group and, and my family. But I don't think anybody who, people who haven't been there don't really understand. And then I'm going to ask this exact same questions of you as well. We've um, we've seen your dog this morning, very cute, very happy chappy as well. And uh, the same to be said about its owner, I think. Now, tell me about your uh, your lead up to, to where you are today. Uh, okay, uh, I'm Chris. I've been with Motivate for almost 16 years now. Um, I tried various forms of counselling, very various forms of recovery. I also tried to do it in amongst the, the, the um, friends that I had at the time, which just doesn't work. So to give myself the best shot, I came to the Isle of Man. And um, I think the key thing about Motivate was um, the, uh, I mean, basically when you come through the door, there's no intervention as such, you know, the self-intervention is, 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 is the key thing. So if you want it, that's all you've got to come through the door with, you know, and um, it's always yourself that, that gets steered towards um, the discovery. You know, they keep you on track, you know, um, it's, it's, and there's a definite feeling that it's not for the paycheck, you know, these people care, you know, and we're all from different walks of life, all the clients, but so are the staff. So, you know, um, it can be tailored to suit the different type of person that, um, that needs the help. And 16 years ago, you said you first came to, to motivate and... Uh, right, almost, yeah. Almost 16 yeah. years now. And they've, mm. how have they helped you? How has that changed over the years? And how have you seen the island adapt? And, and the more people coming through the door here at Motivate, I suppose, as well. Has it been a real change around here? Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's been a real change in me, I can tell you that. And I've been watching the change in others and, and, and it's great. I mean, who comes through the door, uh, we'd never know. You know, if they come through the door of a meeting, then we do. But, um, you know, we don't know how many people come in and out of this place, you know. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic service, you know. Um, if you haven't got any money at all, it's free. It's been free for me for 16 years. You know, um, I'm really grateful for it. Um, and I get the feeling, and I'm sure that that's been the objective, that I've done it. You know, I mean, I, 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 would, I used to come in for an hour a week, and, um, but I felt that everything I'd done, I'd, I'd achieved it, you know. And one of the things that you have to remember, right, is roughly 3% is the recovery rate. So the staff at Motivate are well accustomed to disappointment, you know. There's people that come in and fail and, and come back and fail and come back and fail and don't come back, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's brilliant.
a very difficult journey then to get to where somebody like you is right now to be able to and to be able to give back as tra- and training as a peer mentor now what does that mean to you for someone who's been here for, for like you say 16 years well first of all um how many counselors does it take to change a light bulb the light bulb has to want to change right um motivate have now broadened their outlook on everything and the realization that's changed between when I first got clean until today is that there's a far more comprehensive toolbox now because you've got, if you want to know what it's like in a war zone, you're better off speaking to somebody that's been shot at, as Joe said. Motivate have got the people that they've helped get on track and they're absorbing them into in, into their service, which means that you've got people that are... Um, that are educated and have the bits of paper that's, that say that they're qualified to um, take care of folk. But you also got the experience of the folk that have been there, you know. So it's not just a box of 13 mil spanners anymore. There's a complete plethora of, 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 of different tools available. And everybody, all the clients, are from different walks of life. We would not knock around with each other in, in any other situation. But we've, we've gelled now. And, we, and because we're all so different, it's, um, it's, it's brilliant. It's a great idea, and it's really, really going to work. We'll talk a, a bit about, as we were talk, saying about a stigma. You say you came to the island when you were looking for help as well. Why did you make that move, and what, what is your opinion of this stigma? Is it worse on the island, potentially? It's not that it's worse. It's, it's, it's just that um, it, it, every, everybody knows everything, right? There's so little happening, so every little thing gets blown up bigger than it is. You know, there's no, um, you know, um, nothing's private as such. You know, if you open your mouth, it's everywhere. I mean, I left two children behind. You know, that's how serious it was. I, I, I was going to die. There was no question of that. But I had a daughter here. So here I came, you know, and um, it, it, it's worked for me and continues to do so. You know, as regards stigma, I think that there are other unrecognized addictions like consumerism and money and power and all those different, you know, all those different things that people are hooked on. They're, they're, there's no doubt about it, you know, whether it's shopping or whatever it is, you know, and um, what they do is they see... I'm kind of quoting somebody here, but, 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 but they see themselves in us and they don't like it. And so they push us away and they label us as undesirables, if you like, or weak. Whatever they can do to take the shine off of themselves, whereas m- most people are addicted to something. It's just that it hasn't been recognised as such. I'll come back to you, Joe, as well, because you were mentioning how before you were you were nervous about coming to that first meeting and and recognizing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, before you came along, was it quite lonely to be dealing with that by yourself and and keeping it away from others? And how does it feel looking around a room right now with these people that, as Chris put it, you'd now gel with? What's that feeling like compared to what it was before? I really, when I was in the middle of my addiction, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was completely alone. I kept it from my family and everything, well, as much as I could. So to walk into a smart meeting, and albeit being very, very nervous, the, I was immediately hit by the warmth and the support and then the, the welcome, and just the, the feeling that you're not alone and that other people are dealing with exactly the same thing that you're dealing with. 
is, is amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And I'll come back to you, Jason, as well, please. We've been saying about this, uh, this room around you, when you look around, what do you see? Do you see colleagues or friends or how, who do you see around you? Um, I see connection. I see, because um, when I came back to the Isle of Man, my main fear was I wouldn't know anyone because I'd uh, disassociate myself from um, acquaintances. Um, so coming to the smart meetings, Motivate has given me, you know, the ideal, you know, place to connect with people who get me, who I can share issues or, you know, who can help me when I'm struggling. So, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant setup, and, you know, it's a, great to be connected and it's great to have a, you know, good support network on the Isle of Man. And thinking back to that time when you said you, you didn't know if you'd, you, you had to separate yourself from people on the island as well, did you ever imagine that you could be a part of a group like this? And do you imagine there are people out there who probably are thinking the same thing, that there, there isn't anybody out there going through what they're going through? I, I wasn't aware that there was any recovery, you know, on the Isle of Man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that, you know, what Motivate has done and I've been able to be part of, you know, recovery on, on the Isle of Man. And, you know, hopefully with me staying clean, that that might give a bit of inspiration, a bit of hope to, you know, other people who are struggling that, you know, that they can uh, do what they need to do to improve their quality of life around addiction. If you'd like to speak to someone about the issues raised in tonight's episode, you can reach Motivate by calling during working hours between Monday and Friday on free phone 0808 1624 627. Or you can email contact at motivate.im. That's M-O-T-I-V and the number 8. A huge thank you to Thea, Nicola, Jason, Joe and Chris. Next week, I'll be speaking to the other members of the Smart Recovery Group. We talk awareness, motivates family services and the charity's drug arrest referral scheme. I just want to help people who have had a similar addiction, help anything to help them realise themselves. It's, don't be afraid to share, don't be afraid to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself to realise you want to change. And, the other people, and I think social media can help with that. I knew from the moment that I'd started um, drinking that that was my problem uh, but I didn't really want to stop I just wanted to stop the chaos and to come through it so tune in same time next week to hear part two or you can listen afterwards as the program will be available as a podcast on manxradio.com for now I've been Lewis Foster and thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs>